Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Every time I go to look at how to number the episode, I'm always so surprised. We're up to 82 episodes. This is episode number 82, which is absolutely insane. A year and a half or so that I've had this podcast has gone by so fast. And looking back, I can't believe that there's already been 82 episodes. And what's even crazier is that there's only... I think like five or six episodes until I match. And then there is only about a dozen or so episodes until I graduate and become a doctor and start residency, hopefully. So this week, talking about dermatology and skin lesions that are considered to be benign or harmless. And the idea for this episode came because I'm currently doing a two-week pathology rotation. And pathology is a really interesting field because you take care of patients by, most pathologists do, do this by looking at slides that are taken from different biopsies or different specimens of tissue from your body. And They use those slides to look at the microscopic structure uh, using different staining techniques so that you can differentiate between different structures so it's not just like a blob of the same color tissue. So pathologists look at these slides and they can make a diagnosis. And a lot of times they're making diagnoses for cancer by looking at atypical cells versus what cells are supposed to look like. And not only individual cells, but just the structure in general. It's a pretty interesting field. The pathologist that I'm working with right now, he is actually a dermatopathologist. So that means that he looks mostly at skin biopsies. He is specifically trained to look at skin lesions and often makes the diagnosis of squamous cell carcinoma of the skin and basal cell carcinoma of the skin and melanoma. And of course, that's not all of the time. A lot of the time people get biopsies of their skin and it's benign. Their dermatologist or their family medicine physician may have thought that the spot on their skin looked suspicious and got the biopsy to have a pathologist take a closer look and sometimes those were benign. So I really wanted to share because I think a lot of people have a lot of anxiety over things on their skin, especially if something new crops up. I think a lot of us know if we have like birthmarks and moles, like we know where they are and we know that if there's changes to them that that's something that should be checked by a doctor. But otherwise, when things occur that are new, 
we sometimes worry about it a lot and usually we see the doctor for it, which I will always recommend that. And sometimes the doctor gives you a label for what it is and it means nothing to you. Maybe a doctor has told you that you have a seborrheic keratosis or maybe someone close to you was diagnosed with something like an acrocordon and sometimes doctors will try to explain to you what that lesion is and they emphasize that it's benign but a lot of it can go right over your head and sometimes doctors don't take a little bit of time to explain to you what it is and i think it's helpful for for anyone while you are waiting for your doctor's appointment to come up to give you a little bit peace of mind and share different characteristics of benign lesions so you can kind of rest comfortably knowing that it's probably benign i'm still going to get it checked but knowing that some of the information from this episode i can be a little bit more calm and think that yeah it's probably benign it fits one of these descriptions the purpose of this episode like a ton of my episodes is to educate and not to replace what a doctor in person can provide with individualized attention and looking at your situation in particular. Dr. Google isn't really a great thing. And now Dr. TikTok is not a really good thing because these articles on Google, these TikTok videos, they can't possibly give you all of the information that doctors learn in medical school that help them learn how to diagnose you. You can't do that with a couple Google articles or a couple TikTok videos. So most of the time, especially, you know, stereotypically, WebMD will tell you that you're dying, basically. So I would not recommend using Google or TikTok videos to diagnose yourself, but I think it's sometimes helpful to understand in general what benign looks like so that you don't quick jump to thinking it's cancer like a lot of Google articles and TikTok videos might suggest. So again, a doctor is going to have so much more expertise than, especially than I have. Of course, most of this information I am taking from what I learned in medical school in the first two years mostly, and a little bit of my clinical experience. Doctors, especially dermatologists, are experts on it. So use their expertise to your advantage. I think, especially with dermatology, I recommend that really a lot of people should have a dermatologist. Even if you've never been diagnosed with a dermatological lesion, especially if you have family history of a dermatological cancer, or if you have a paler complexion, or if you sunburn easily, you are sometimes more predisposed to some of these lesions, especially melanoma doesn't mean that people with darker complexions can't get melanoma. They certainly can, but some some groups of people 
are more predisposed to it than others. If you are someone with a ton of nevi or birthmarks, moles on your body, then that's more opportunities for a macule, a birthmark, a nevus to become malignant because it's already an increased production of cells in a small area, so there's greater chances for it to, for something to go wrong. So, if you're someone that has a lot of, like, freckling and a lot of birthmarks, then you might be someone that needs a dermatologist, too. So, I'm always a fan of everyone should have a dermatologist. I know that those appointments are hard to get into, but the good thing about skin lesions is that most of them, most of them take time to develop. But the sooner that you can get in, the sooner that you can start scheduling regular dermatological exams because they will take into account when things start to look different and to pay attention to those spots on your body that are becoming different. So, I think that's long enough of an introduction. I'm going to go get into some of these descriptions and this might have to be a two-part episode, especially if I'm going to compare and contrast with malignant or cancerous lesions of the skin. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. So again, when I refer to benign skin lesions, I'm talking about non-cancerous growths of skin. And often you can see these for yourself. And, you know, the skin being the, the largest organ and one that you can see for yourself, it's really hard for you to notice a difference in the anatomy of your, of your heart, of your lungs, of your brain. But when something is wrong with your skin, you can usually notice it, which is really great. But then there's dangers to that of being anxious about certain things on your skin, which a lot of people are susceptible to. So, to really accurately diagnose a benign from a malignant skin lesion, you'll really need to have a doctor not only look at the lesion, but also take a history from you about, you know, when you notice the lesion, if anything makes the lesion better or worse, and then also your overall health. I'll be discussing some of these are tied to certain chronic conditions or to pregnancy and hormone fluctuation. So, certainly things, other things in your health can be relevant to having a diagnosis that's clear. Osteopathic medicine really teaches that the body is made up of interconnected systems and certainly the skin is impacted by a lot going on in your body, in your more internal health, and vice versa. So, to really diagnose a skin lesion, you often do have to have a biopsy. And sometimes when you have the biopsy, a physician will really remove the entire lesion, 
which is both helpful for diagnosis and is also curative of that lesion. If it was moving into the direction of malignancy, well, you already took it out. And then they just make sure that the margins are clear, which really just means, did we get all of the lesion or is there still some left on the skin? And some benign lesions, they can be confirmed that they're completely benign, but sometimes there can be treatment that can be done just for cosmetic purposes. So, the first one I'll talk about, I've mentioned a few times already, it's a nevus. So, this is a pigmented area, usually a brownish color to a black color, and this is also known as a mole or a birthmark or sometimes a freckle, and these can be congenital, which means you're born with it, or it can be acquired, which means you develop it over time. So, you weren't born with it, you got it sometime, sometime later. I mentioned this, but it's actually considered to be a neoplasm, but it's a benign neoplasm instead of a malignant neoplasm like cancer is. Really, that is still the buildup of cells. And there's definitely genetics involved with developing nevi. If your parents or grandparents have have nevi, then you're more likely to have nevi. If you have more fair skin, and you may have more nevi, and especially if you have red hair, you tend to have more nevi. And a way that you can develop more nevi over time is through sun exposure. So, if you have um, a lot of sun exposure, especially in childhood, you may develop more acquired nevi. So, what to look out for for these? Usually, there's a uniform color. So, in some people, you can have um, a more brownish nevi, and then on other parts of your body, you could have darker, almost black nevi, but there shouldn't be any color variation in an individual nevus. Also, there should be, it should be symmetrical with a clear border, and that border should be consistent. It shouldn't be changing. And there's different types of nevi. So, nevi are sometimes flat, sometimes elevated. So, when it's flat and well demarcated, so there's clear borders, um, that's usually going to be a junctional nevi. Then there's also compound nevi, which is a more elevated lesion. So, it kind of rises above the surface of your skin. It's not completely flat. Then there's the intradermal nevi that are elevated and they could be a different texture. They could be a little bit harder than the rest of your skin. And these are often referred to as moles and um, sometimes they also grow hair. They'll have hair follicles in them. For these, you really don't need treatment, but if a nevus is looking atypical, like it doesn't have a uniform color, clear borders, or the surface is changing, the color is changing, the borders changing, then a doctor can take a biopsy or just completely remove the nevus. And important to know that a nevus can become atypical over time and it can become dysplastic which means that it can lead to formation of a cancer, which in this case would be melanoma. So, that's why you have to look out for these 
nevi changing and chances are the the nevus in the individual nevus is not going to change over time but you still want to really take a look at your skin and be able to notice if there's changes in your skin but really if you do have a lot of these you really should have a dermatologist that can give you a full body skin exam and keep track of how big nevi are and they really do have a trained eye for looking for what is atypical. And I will encourage you as I'm going through this episode, because it's really hard to describe these lesions without sharing pictures, then it might help as I'm going through this to look up each of the words that I'm describing and look up Google images of it. Um, because I think a lot of times people want to figure out what lesion is on them. It's hard to really describe in words when you're searching something up. So it's hard to kind of put into Google a description of your lesion. So it will help if I give you the name of things. You can hear the description and you can look up what it looks like and compare it to maybe something that you have on your body. So next one I want to talk about is, is solar lentigo, and these are also known as liver spots. So these are usually flat, brown in color. They can be varying sizes, but often they can be patches that are a little bit more than the, the nice round symmetrical border that you'll see with nevi. These can be a little bit broader in area. These are usually caused by sun exposure usually seen in people of lighter skin colors and caused by UV radiation. Really how how these are produced is similar that there's just an increased production of melanin which produces the pigmented color of the lesion and they are most often seen on the cheeks and the backs of the hand so uh, these are completely benign and treatment is not necessary for these. Okay, next is I will discuss the wart. So, I think warts are very misunderstood. People hate to be diagnosed with a wart, but it's actually a great thing to be diagnosed with because it is completely benign and has treatments available for it. So, it's it's really a good thing to have versus other things that might be more serious. But there's certainly a stigma around warts. A wart is really just an area where there's more tissue from the production of more cells. And so it causes this thickening of the skin. It's a common symptom of the HPV virus, human papilloma virus. And it can be transmitted with skin contact. So you can spread warts to other people. You can spread warts to other fingers, other places in your body. So, warts are also known as verruca vulgaris. That will probably be the word that's used by your dermatologist or your doctor, whoever's treating the wart or diagnosing you with the wart. Usually found on the fingers, palms, knees, and elbows. Again, it's thickened skin. It will be similar to the color of your skin or a little bit whitish. Usually warts are are rough on their surface. They they can be a little bit scaly as well. And they are sometimes sometimes they will look a little bit like a cauliflower. 
Then there's also, you can have flat words that are called Veruca plana. You can also have flat words that are usually found on the face, the back of the hand, or the legs. They're usually smoother and they have a flat surface. Then there's uh, plantar warts that are found on the bottom of your feet. And then there are also, you know, genital warts, which I think is probably the source of the stigma behind having warts. Really, these are diagnosed by a clinician that can really just look at these. Treatment is usually indicated if it's causing pain in any way. Um, or if just cosmetically you want it off, then treatment can absolutely be warranted. You can use something like salicylic acid that you would apply on a daily basis for a few weeks. Uh, there's also uh, something called 5-fluorouracil cream. There's also retinoic acid that you can apply topically. Surgery is an option if none of these treatments work. You can do cryotherapy with liquid nitrogen that really freezes off the wart. And most of these types of warts occur most in children. And most children will just get rid of them within a few years. But sometimes warts, warts will reoccur and require multiple rounds of treatments. So I have quite a few more to talk about that I want to include in benign skin lesions, but I really like to keep these episodes below 30 minutes because it's information overload if these episodes are any longer and know that a lot of my listeners listen to these episodes during their commute and the average commute time is about 20 to 30 minutes and if your commute's longer then maybe you can fit in two episodes but I I really like to have these episodes nice short and sweet but I will definitely kind of group these skin lesions together based off of ones that look a little similar the ones that I mentioned in this episode are certainly the most common ones, and they're ones that are often confused for each other, so I was glad that I was able to get a lot of these in, in the same episode. If you have any skin lesions that you particularly want me to discuss, reach out to me on my email, my my Facebook, my Instagram. I'm very responsive. I will definitely appreciate the input. And if you have any other topics that you want me to discuss, I am always happy to take suggestions. Otherwise, I kind of just make episodes based off of what I'm learning about in medical school. I think there's a lot of misinformation on the internet. So, I would encourage you to really Take a critical eye to information that you read and pay attention to where the source is coming from. Please know that in my episodes, my sources are medical textbooks and notes that I've taken throughout medical school as well as sometimes anecdotes of my own clinical experience. And certainly, I'm not a doctor yet. I haven't gone through residency. I'm not board certified. But Everything that I'm taking, you can trust that it's from credible resources. Other things on the internet, like different blogs, you have to really be wary of. And even websites like 
WebMD and maybe even some other websites that appear credible. They may share some of some of the information, but don't go as in-depth for full understanding. And a lot of times it's kind of dumbed down. So I think, think that it helps to have these episodes that share some of the common misconceptions that are spread, especially on now that TikTok is very much spreading incorrect information. And I really don't use TikTok myself, to be honest with you. I'm definitely a millennial in that way that I would much rather prefer using Instagram or Twitter. But um, certainly TikTok, uh, you have to really be hesitant to believe everything that you hear and not to use that as your source of information. So I may be preaching to the choir here because you've obviously made the choice to listen to my podcast over taking a half hour to watch TikTok videos, but maybe you're doing both. So again, just ask the questions, do your own research if you have to, and definitely ask your doctor what they think before you're making decisions based off of what you read online or what you hear on a video. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.